Hey, it's Kathy. I have something so fun to tell you about. You may know that the doors are open to my new program, The Abundance Method, but if you enroll by May 15th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific, you're going to get my signature business program also made to do this. That's a $3,000 program that you are going to get for free, included if you sign up by May 15th, just before midnight Pacific time. Made to do this is a phenomenal program that has helped thousands of souls to start businesses, to be able to make a living doing something that they love. This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the best known. You just have to be you and be there in front of people. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full-time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want, and we absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Fiverr for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Don't waste any more time. Get 10% off and the service you deserve by going to fiverr.com and use code DREAMJOB. Also, thanks to Skillshare. Take the next step in your creative journey with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and so much more. Get two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at skillshare.com slash dreamjob2. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So a couple things I want to make sure you hear because I believe that this is one of the coolest things that I've ever offered. And enrollment is closing Friday for the Made to Do This program. It is a 12-week coaching program. It is not a, here's a bunch of videos. It's not like pay me to go watch a bunch of videos and do it yourself. It's not that kind of an online course. It is a hands-on, high-touch coaching program. I will be live with you every single week on Zoom videos sessions. And in addition to that, you will have a step-by-step plan for how to build your business. You will also be assigned to a coach in addition to me so that you not, not only have me coaching you every single week, but you will be given more coaching. In addition to that, there'll be expert sessions on how to set up memberships, how to create affiliates, how do you sell products. It's really going to cover whatever it is that you need in order to build a successful online business. And we are going to get you into action. And I can't wait. If you want to find out more about it, you can go to madetodothis.com. And if you missed for some reason the five-day challenge and you would like to catch up on the five days of free training, which I did last week, you can get in on all of it before tomorrow. We're taking down the content tomorrow night, but you can go to kathyheller.com replay to catch up and watch the five days of training.
If you have any questions about the program, you can feel free to DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller, or you can email us at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and go ahead and get in on this because you will be so happy you did. 12 weeks from now, if you join the Made to Do This program, you will not be in the same place you are now. You will feel that sense of financial freedom. You will feel that sense of leveling up your life and having so much more fulfillment as well as control of your destiny. It is going to be incredible. Enrollment ends on Friday. Go to madetodothis.com to sign up. All right, let's get into today's episode. I'm so happy because we have my friend Laura Belgray back. In case you guys haven't listened to her episode when she was here before, she is the founder of Talking Shrimp and the co-creator of The Copy Cure, which is a course she created with Marie Forleo. She's a brilliant copywriting expert who helps entrepreneurs find the perfect words to express and sell what they do in a way that gets them paid to be themselves. She's worked with hundreds of clients like Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield, plus NBC, Bravo, HBO, TBS, Fandango. She is the real deal. She's also one of my favorite human beings, and she's such an expert at what she teaches. Actually, the Copy Cure is open right now. This course she does with Marie Forleo, it's open till May 20th. If you want to learn all about copywriting from the very best, go to thecopycure.com slash join dash us, and we'll have that link in the show notes as well. So let's hear the tips that she has for us today. Without further ado, please welcome the amazing Laura Belgray. Laura Belgray is back. Thank you for being here. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me back. This is like my favorite place to be. You get the prize for being the person, the guest we've had on most. And, and it probably is just because you're so lovable and there's so much that I want to talk to you about. So the world has changed since the last time we talked. And Laura and I were just saying before we hit record that we've moved from that first phase of, oh my God, what's happening? And this is not something I understand to, oh, this is what it is now. And it is here and there's so much here that's scary and there's so much here that's overwhelming. And there's also so much opportunity to create, to build, to connect. And that's hopefully what we're going to talk about today so that we can move into something that is hopefully positive. So Laura, first of all, one of the biggest overarching things that you are so good at sharing is how people can get paid to be themselves. You say paid Mm. to be you. Yeah. And I would say that right now more than ever, I've been saying for a while, don't keep your day job. I've been saying Mm -hmm. this for a while. And a lot of times people now, you know, are are probably going to say, I don't have a choice. And my question is, might there be something that's more you that's here for you to find, to come home to, to be in more alignment with? May that be something that maybe you realize that at the end of all of this, that you are more in alignment with yourself. Let's, let's walk through what that means. How do we get paid to be who we are? And what are your sort of steps for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, this is like a, a basic fundamental um, that I've talked about on your podcast before, which is sounding like you, acting like you, coming across like you in your business, uh, putting your personality into it. So that means in your words, being conversational, not switching into professional mode. And by that, I mean corporate, but I would say that conversational is the new professional and you're going to come across way more professional if you're able to sound like a human in the words that you speak and the words that you write. You know, a couple of quick tricks for this that I've talked about before using contractions, you know, whether you're writing a social post or writing an email to your list that you just started or um, writing a cold email to somebody saying, Hey, do you have any work for me? Um, Is this something you'd like to collaborate on? 
on. You want to sound like a human. And my, my first trick is to use contractions. All it takes is your right pinky finger. If you touch type, that's the one that taps the old apostrophe. The apostrophe is your friend. <laughs> so you want to get in the habit of using those, even though your English teacher probably told you that you couldn't. So if you get some kind of communication from someone that says, hello, I am reaching out to you today because blah, 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 and I am, and you are, and we will, it sounds like a robot. Like, guess who is coming to the party? I do not know who is coming to the party. Is it a robot? So you, you want to get in the habit of, you know, guess who's coming to the party, speaking like that, and reading your stuff aloud and see if it sounds like a human. See if it sounds like you. My test is what I say this to a friend and I picture a friend in front of me. And if it's not, then I change it. If it sounds weird coming out of my mouth, then I change it on the page. So that's just some basics of putting your personality into what Which you is, do. I mean, it seems so simple. And yet, as soon as you get one of those emails where somebody's talking in a totally different tone, you right. don't want to read further because it, it sends a message of like, oh, right. I don't know this person. This person's asking me for something. This person's trying to posture and prove themselves to me. So it's weird. Like every email that I want to read would be from someone I know or have a relationship with. Or what happens when you would approach it the way you just said is there's like an assumed familiarity, which makes me feel like, oh, I'm not stressed reading this because I know you're not stressed. And all of a sudden, there, there's something that feels human, like you said, and, and like a real natural way of connecting. And I've found this to be true for me for the last 14 years of, of working in my own business is the way that I send emails. The more casual and short and sweet they are, the more it feels right. Right, exactly. So you want to consider that. Always remember that you are communicating with a human, whether it's a whole bunch of them or one of them. First of all, you don't want to think of it as I'm communicating with an audience, with a mass of people, right. um, and then start thinking that you have to speak differently to them because, you know, well, now I am on a soapbox and um, yeah. now I have to st sound like Martin Luther King or something. Yeah. And you don't want to picture a business in front of you. And if you start to picture a business, if you think that you are writing to a business, you're not, you're always talking to a human. There's one always a human. Person. Yeah. And one I love person. what you said. I've been taking notes. I love what you said about be yourself and put your personality out there. I think that's important also because we look at other people and we go, well, that woman wears a suit. And when she goes on camera, she's in front of a jet and, and she's doing this and this. And it's like, if that's not your personality, don't go near that because your people right. are not interested in you dressing up and looking like you're wearing a suit and trying to be Fortune 500 those wouldn't be your people anyway. And I think that that's really important because it's so easy to compare yourself and be like, I need to be like Laura. I need to be like Marie Forleo. I need to be like mm -hmm. someone that's like, oh, well, I don't know how to do hip hop. I don't have a New Jersey accent. <laughs> Did I learn one? It's like, well, maybe not. It's not necessarily going to help you because it's not you. Them. Right. Right. And if you, if you started speaking all hip hop, I would be like, what happened to Kathy? Yeah, That's so not, it would be very strange. I mean, you're like literally made a fortune by being you and you're, you know, you're never trying to be anyone else and you're not trying to sound like Oprah. So first yeah, let's of keep all, going. personality, show yourself, use your own words, be a normal person. Don't turn into a, 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 a businessy person. Just be yes. yourself. Okay, what yes. else? So this is what accelerated my business, like really got me known for, for being me. So here are the three things that helped me get there from like 
you know, being the service person, um, the person to hire to, the person to listen to and to buy from. Though so there are three V's. The first one is volume, as in creating in volume, lots and lots, whether you're writing or singing or baking or whatever it is that you are putting out there, I want you to be prolific. There are many reasons for this. For one, I'll just say that it, it literally pays to be prolific. And I've just seen this in numbers. Like when I went from writing my list once a week to writing them three times a week, I doubled the sales of the thing that I was selling in emails. Wow. More than doubled. And now it's practically tripled because I've just kept up that, con that consistency, right? Being prolific, being consistent, like turning out volumes of your stuff, it also creates trust. It creates connection with people. The more they see of you, the more you're top of mind. The more they see of you, the more they think of you as somebody who does this or who says this, you know? So that creates a, a permanent presence and makes people think of you. So it creates the trust and the connection. It keeps you top of mind. Not only that, but it is going to give you more ideas. It's going to make you more creative. It's going to make your output so much better. So I like to think of Seth Godin because, I, I mean, Seth Godin, is, he's my muse. I know you love Seth Godin. You've had him on the show a couple of times. And he says that 50% of his blog posts are below average. Now he's not saying that he's a below average writer by any means, or that like half the, that that he sucks. He's saying that that's the nature of average. That's what average means, right? That fifty percent are below average, fifty percent are above average. That's what that is the meaning of average. So if you want more that is above average, you have to create more. Right. But creativity is a numbers game. And also, I find that you never know which thing you create. Um, you never know which of those things is going to stick, which is going to land with people, which is going to be the thing that people say that makes people say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you wrote this, or I'm so glad you did this, or this made my day, or this is exactly what I needed to hear. Because usually, it's, you know, usually you have that thing like that you create, whether you're writing or whatever, and you're like, oh man, this one is going to go bonkers. I might get in trouble for this, but everyone's going to love it. Like it's going to create so much engagement and you put it out there and it's just like chirp, chirp. Oh, like, oh, hmm, maybe I posted it at the wrong time or um, like, no, it's just like, you can't predict which thing usually, and usually it's a thing that you just slapped up there or just dashed off and didn't think it was that good, but you had the courage to like, all right, I'll put up something that's not that good. It's usually that thing that everybody goes nuts for. Totally. Like, really? The, you know, that where they're like reposting it saying this, I'm like, really this? Like, what about that other thing? No. Nope this. So. It's so brilliant what you're saying. The <laughs> volume is so key. The consistency, it, be, it builds trust. People see you more. And then this last piece about how, no, that's what average means. And so creativity is a numbers game. That sentence yeah. is incredible. The idea that in order for it to get better, in order for it to be above average, there's got to be a lot of it. We just don't think think of it that way. And so, so often we 
we're out way too soon. We, we don't give ourselves the grace, the runway to work and to just let some of the work be mediocre um, because we're so hard on ourselves and we have this immediacy, like if it doesn't happen right away, it's not meant to be or, or forget it. And it takes a constant massaging of like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. Oh, this is who I'm for. Or this is how I say it. And then it finally lands but I've never heard it that way. Creativity is a numbers game. And you're right. That is what average means. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It takes so much. And you know what? And also it gives you more ideas. Like the more you create, the more you create, the more you write, the more you write. Cause don't you ever find that like you've been resisting writing something or doing something. Um, maybe it's writing a song or whatever you're creating and you finally sit down to do it. And as you're do- like, you don't think you have the idea yet. And as you're doing it, you come up with so many more ideas and this idea and this idea and this idea, they just snowball. Like they just pour out of you once you start. So the more you're in action, the more you're in motion creating, the more you end up creating. So it's, it makes you so much more generative, which is a word I really, I heard recently and I just loved. And then there's also this, this idea that I heard, I'm in this book writing program and the woman who leads it, Suzanne Kingsbury, who's awesome. Um, it's called Gateless Academy. Someone on the call was saying that she has been writing and writing, like writing a bunch of scenes for her book, but she has no idea if they're, if it's all going to fit together. She's really worried that it's never going to, she's not going to find out how it all connects. Like, does it all connect? Or is it just a bunch of crap she's thrown at the wall? Wow. And so Suzanne said, listen, it's like anything that grows creates a pattern. There will always be a pattern in anything that grows. She said, slice open a pineapple. You will see a pattern. So if you, you know, if you put out one thing or two things and you're like, oh, I don't know how these fit together. I don't know how, how my stuff fits together. You're not going to see it. If you keep creating, if you keep growing your wow, body of work, beautiful. putting stuff out there, you will see a pattern. I love that so much because it's always been my downfall. Like, I don't know how this all fits together. So I'm going to stop. That's genius. So good. Yeah. Okay. So, so good, three right? Vs. So volume. Yeah. This volume. makes so much sense. Yeah. Volume is one. Brilliant. Um, another that kind of comes out of volume and feeds into it is velocity. Doing things fast. You are my role model for this. My like, straight up hero because you have an idea. Like you will box me and be like, I have I an idea for a program. I'm not. I'm not even sure what it is yet. I don't know what it's called. I, I'm like getting a sense that my audience wants this. So I think I'm going to do a program um, around this, and it's going to be. It's going to cost X amount, and I think I'm going to launch it on Friday. And be like, wait, what? Yep. I would have been thinking about this marinating on it for, you know, two years. Before yeah, no marinating. Not doing any marinating. No, no marinating. You like cannot wait to marinate um, when it comes to, when, especially when it comes to getting paid to be you. Like you've got to do things with speed and that's how you, like that's how you build your business. That's how you build a body of work. That is how um, you, like we were just talking about volume, you've got to throw a lot at the wall, like keep putting stuff out there. And if you wait to make it perfect, it's never going to happen. You're going to have this one little gem that you've been polishing for years and years. And no, it's never going to see the light of day. And by the time it's ready, it's like, my gem is ready for the world. Everyone's going to, it's going to be like, oh, we're no longer interested in gems. Gems are out. Yeah. Uh, so it's yes. <laughs> just like do things with speed and then never, it's never been my natural strength. It's something that I've had to work on. Cause I like to, you know, in the past I would have an idea and 
thing I would like to do is, you know, let it marinate, write down a lot of ideas about it, and then maybe see what a friend thinks about it and have that friend say, yo, you definitely have to do this. It's genius. And then say, okay, good. I'm going to, and then like ask a few more friends and then like, let it sit until somebody says, oh, I already did that. (laughs) Someone will take your idea if you don't do it with speed. Yeah, I definitely think that everyone who I've interviewed has an action-taking bias and there's so much messy action, but then Mm -hmm. the more action you take, it's like get up to bat more often, you're going to hit the ball more often. And so what winds up happening is you have all these missed attempts or failures, but you're so busy moving on to the next thing that you, you figure it out and every single thing is giving you that clarity and, oh yeah, that didn't work. Awesome. Now I know this. Oh yeah, that actually did work or part of it worked and part of it sunk. But the fact that I did it gave me this amazing clue. So now I'm on to the next thing or now I'm refining it because it did work and I can do it even better. Like it's all in the doing. So I'm a big fan of just freaking do it. Like, so I will, I'll, I'll think of something and then I will just like put it into the world and, and, and fail my way forward basically. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're like failing your way into a fortune because you you make (laughs) bank doing what you do. And it's just, it's because of that speed so much of it is because of that speed, that velocity. So like if somebody, you know, if you've had a business go, you know, totally like disappear in a matter of days because of coronavirus, but you've got a, you know, an audience of people, fans who are like, what else, you know, is there anything we could buy from you or could any way we can interact with you? I want to know how you made that business. Um, or could you teach me to do this? Don't be like, yeah, but that's not really a program. Or I don't know if that's, I don't know if enough people are going to be interested in that. If people are asking you for it, just do it. Say, okay, Who's interested? You know, I'm teaching people how to make um, the best banana bread ever made in a week from now, or maybe this Thursday, you know, would you be interested? Is anyone interested? And see how many people say yes. And even if just one person says yes, okay, we're going to have a private lesson and I'm going to record it and then I'm going to sell it. Just like do something, take that ball and run with it. Yeah. And I'm sure that everybody's heard this, but it is so true that it's execution over idea all day long. You know, there are so many people who have great ideas, but they don't Mm -hmm. execute. And the people who have mediocre ideas and execute, they figure it out. And eventually it works because it's not having the right perfect thing. It's just doing and doing and doing. So yeah, I love that you, you say that velocity. Great. Do it fast. Do it fast. Um, And then the third vape is... Yeah, one one thing that I'm getting right now from being on this podcast, visibility. So you want to make a real push to get your name and your voice and your face out there, whether it is through guest posting in um, media, and that is something that you can do. You do not have to be a journalist to write articles for, like editors are dying for your ideas and your stories, and they want to publish you. Or to start pitching to podcasts. If you have a story to tell or some information to share or a unique angle, it doesn't have to be on the biggest podcast. You know, it doesn't have to be on a number one iTunes podcast. I've been on podcasts that I totally forgot about like years ago that are tiny audiences, very niche um, or niche or whatever you want to call it. And I hear from people randomly all the time. Like I heard, I found you on, you know, the insect lovers podcast and I'm like, what? But they're like, I'm a fan. I've bought everything you've ever done. 
so you never know what like tiny audience you might reach that is going to bring you new buyers, new fans, people who spread the word about you. So yeah, writing articles, being on podcasts, again, volume, this comes back to being prolific, like choose a social media channel. And I recommend building a list because this is where you're going to be most visible to the people who, who you need to show up for. And this, this is in, in their inbox. Like that is where you get seen front and center. Those are all such cool things to just distill down because it, it really covers so much ground. Those three V's. Now I feel like what's happening to all of us right now in this time is that we have like a few minutes where we forget about the coronavirus and we start to mm-hmm. feel normal or yeah. excited or happy or inspired. And then something reminds us what's going on. And then we're like, oh, wait, I feel bad. Or why am I listening to a podcast about starting a business right now? Right. And so when those feelings creep in and you start to think those things sound really helpful and cool and she's right. And all of a sudden I, I go, wait, I don't feel sensitive if I do that. I feel like I'll be tone deaf. Who am I to do that right now? Who am I to start marketing myself and showing up in the world right now when people are losing their jobs and people are in ICU and I don't know who the heck I think I am to start a business right now. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so first of all, I want you to put yourself in your potential customer or client's shoes or think of them as you. What are you looking for right now? You know, if someone shows up in your feed or in your inbox or if someone's recommended to you and it's like, okay, you got to listen, like you got to check out this woman who um, teaches yoga or you got to check out this dude who has a podcast about love is blind. You got to check out this or that. And you find this person who takes your mind off of everything. You're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I found this. Like, I'm so glad that I found um, this person's banana bread course. This like made my life. It actually took my mind off of coronavirus. It made quarantine so much better. It made my life better. So think of yourself as that for somebody else. If you say, who am I to put myself out there right now? Is now really the time to sell or promote anything? You're depriving someone of the chance to find you. And you could be just what they need at this moment. We don't, like nobody is signing up to like wallow more. Like, oh, I would like my life to be void of any entertainment, Mm -hmm. diversion, um, education. I'd like it, you know, let's stay in this space of panic right now, because that's what the world needs. Nobody's saying that. They want you. They need you. They need something. If you have something to offer, we want it. And it doesn't have to be free either. It might be free to get people you know, into your world if you don't already have that audience. But um, then it is time to charge. People are spending money right now, and they are joyfully spending money if they have it. You know, the market's gone up and down and there are people out of jobs, yes, but there are also still people who have money and want to spend it and want to use it to help people and want to use it to enjoy their lives and make their lives better and make themselves better. And why shouldn't you be the one they give it to? Mm. All of that makes so much sense. Nobody's signing up because they want less joy in their life. How can (laughs) they have even less, right? How can they completely (laughs) close the door on any sunlight possible? 
that's such a good way to say it. And, and also, I love that question you asked, like, what do you want right now? What are you looking mm-hmm. for? Are you looking for a little bit of courage and a little bit of hope and a little bit of fun? If you can find it in this moment, I saw on CNBC, they're seeing a rise for so many businesses, one being Hasbro. Why? People are buying jigsaw puzzles. People are mm-hmm. buying Monopoly and Sorry and all of that. Also, baking stuff is off flying off the shelves. What else? They're also seeing people buying other kinds of crafting kits, right? People want to pass the time and learn to knit. People are paying for entertainment and education and connection is what it said. And so of course it's saying that online courses and all kinds Mm -hmm. of membership sites and it's blowing up. Zoom is having the best time of their life right now. And so is all these other online course platforms. They're seeing more registrations in the last two weeks than they've seen in two years. Right. And And they're not all suddenly free. They're not all saying, oh, never mind. We're not going to charge anyone anymore. That would be a total disservice. First of all, let's just talk about free for a second. You know, free is great. We all like free, especially a free trial. We want to try something out, no risk. But if you make the things that you sell normally that people will pay for free, first of all, not everyone's going to appreciate it in the same way. Like, think what we do with free junk, you know, free stuff that we get, like I have so many old free t-shirts, you know, they've turned into rags for cleaning. And if someone gives me a free course, chances are I'm not actually going to dive into it. It was free. I don't have to make the most of it. So free does not have as much value um, as something that people pay for. But also if you decide I shouldn't be making money right now, because other people aren't making money right now. You are, we've become part of the problem. This is the thing I like to say was we are the economy. So if you say like, oh, the economy is in the crapper. I can't make, you know, I'm not, it doesn't feel right to charge right now. You're putting the economy in the crapper. You want the economy to be good, make money so that you have money to spend on something else, on someone else. And then that person or that business has money to spend on something else and to stay alive and so on and so on. You not making money doesn't do any service to yourself or to anyone else. No one's like, please stop making money. Um, We'll all be in a better place if you too are in a tight spot and can't afford food. Yeah. Barbara Corcoran is such a spitfire. She was on the show and this was before the virus. She said, money is meant to be spent. It can't stop. Mm -hmm. Don't hold on to it. It's got to flow. You got to have it, spend it, have it, spend it. That's how you make more money. That's how the economy gets better. She was saying this, she was preaching this. She's like, Kath, I didn't grow up with any money. We barely had enough for us to share shoes. And yet once I started making money, I knew money is not meant to be, you know, oh, you're saving it, you're you're hoarding it. No, you've got to spend it. It's got to keep going. And another good analogy for that is like blood flow. If the blood stops flowing in the body, body can't sustain that. Body dies, right? right? And the economy needs money to move around. And what people forget, like you just said so well, if you're not making money, then you're not spending money. If you're not spending money, you're not helping somebody else's business. So when you say, oh, you know what? I want to do right by the world. How dare I, you know, sell anything? I'm going to stop selling so that I stop spending, so that I stop hiring, so that my business goes out. I don't think we're really getting it. Like no, (laughs) it it actually is our civic duty right now. All of us. Yeah. It's all of our jobs to get really creative and say, what is it that I can bring to market? If the market is all of a sudden virtual, great. I better listen to Laura Bell Gray a little bit more. I better figure out how to build a business online. And, um, there's a lot of business shaming around this too. People are saying, Mm -hmm. stop 
teaching people how to be productive right now. Let people stop. <laughs> I'm seeing, I swear to God, I'm seeing all these posts. I get it. I have three kids, but I'm so sick of that judgment because how is that helping anyone? That's then putting all the pressure on the three people who were hoping stay in business, which is like the grocery store and target, right? Like how is that right. going to work? It's not going to work. No, I mean, and also we all, I think most of us need permission from someone else. We need social proof like, oh, okay, it's okay to sell. So if you have a thriving business that you promote and that does well, it lets someone else see, oh, okay, it is okay right now to promote my business and to do well. Yeah. I love this. But before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. A lot of us are at a point now where we want to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. That's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey. Thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and more. You get the support of fellow creatives and real projects to create so you really feel super empowered to accomplish actual growth. Plus, it's incredibly affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. I'm such a fan of their classes and productivity. There's also watercolor painting, which I love, but I'm really interested in their everyday minimalism class that's available right now. It always seems like there's so much noise and so much on my to-do list, but sometimes I know I just need to simplify my priorities so I can focus on what is really important. And what I love about Skillshare is that I can take these classes on my own time at my own pace. So the learning opportunities are always there for me, no matter what my schedule looks like. Get two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash dreamjob2. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash dreamjob2. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash dreamjob2. Let's talk about finding freelance talent for your business or project. Sometimes you need to pivot in order to meet a goal or maybe an unexpected obstacle occurs and your team can't handle it before your deadline. Where do you go to find on-demand talent? How much will it cost? How can you be certain they'll deliver? It's not always easy to find the right freelancer. But Fiverr's platform keeps businesses moving with a network of trusted freelance talent. We've used Fiverr before to create some graphic design when we were in a time crunch, and it was really easy to navigate Fiverr's website to find someone who was really reliable, who could do the service we wanted, and to fit within our budget. So whether you're launching or scaling your first business or you need extra support to complete a project, Fiverr is here to help you evolve, adapt, and grow. You can find freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. And through the platform, you can review seller ratings, buyer feedback, and you can see the costs up front so you don't have to negotiate on prices. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using my code DREAMJOB. It's super easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code DREAMJOB. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code DREAMJOB. I love this conversation. It's so important. And one of your best friends said the other day, and I, I quoted her, Susie Moore, she said, you either have the courage to sell mm-hmm. or you will work for someone else who does. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Susie. How, how, <laughs> so could you, how could you say it any clearer than that? So right. You don't want to have the courage to sell because you feel insensitive, but you'll look for the other person who had the courage to be quote unquote insensitive and sell so they can hire you. So then you can build their dreams, right? Because that's okay, right? And yes. I think one thing that comes up, here's what it is, because we have a lot of really, really good people who listen to the show. And I know because I get to talk to so many of them and they don't want to be a fraud. See, we, we constantly think that the problem isn't just the coronavirus. The problem, Laura, is that if I offered anything, I wouldn't be the best at it. You can offer a course on copywriting because you are the best. But with me, Laura, you see, I don't, you don't understand. 
I would want to talk about hand lettering, or I would want to teach something about sourdough bread, or I would want to fill in the blank. And I have no idea that I could be really steadfast in the idea that I would be giving somebody value. And because I don't value myself very much, I don't think I have anything to contribute. And that's why I feel completely paralyzed. And this is what's at the core of why we don't do stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, for one thing, most people who are listening to this podcast and who are thinking these thoughts have been looking around a lot at other people who do what they want to do, right? So if it is, again, like, you know, I'm not the best at teaching people to make banana bread, who am I to do this? Like there are other people so much bigger than me. There are celebrities who can teach you that. Like who, who am I to do it? It's because you've immersed yourself in this. You've been looking at everybody else. And you've got to remember that the people that you are for have not necessarily, they're not like, they don't know who's out there. They're virgins to what you do. You know, if it's you, Kathy, they'd be so delighted if you said, by the way, do you know that I teach banana bread baking? What you do? No way. I didn't know that. I was looking for someone who did. I like went on Google and it was overwhelming. And I just like, you know, I didn't know who to pick. That is most people's, like the general population that you're going to reach out to. That's their experience. They're overwhelmed. There are too many choices and, or they don't even know any. And you might be just the person. It's not about who's the best. It's about them wanting to learn from you. You know, I was at the hairdresser once and um, I was getting ready to go teach a workshop in Italy. And she was like, so who comes to this copywriting workshop? And I was like, well, some of it is just people who want to write and some of it are like a lot of them are coaches or life coaches, people who want to express the value of what they do better and better and have more fun writing about it. And she was like, wait, wait, wait a minute you know, life coaches, I need a life coach. And I was like, wait a minute, you don't know life coaches. I was like, I don't know anyone who isn't a life coach. Are you (laughs) kidding me? Um, (laughs) And so I had gotten so deep in it. I'd forgotten that there are people out there who have no idea where to begin to look for say a life coach or anything that you think everybody and their aunt already does. You know, so if, if you're a life coach and you had been there right, you know, right there in front of her and said, I'm a life coach, she would have said, oh my gosh, you are, I need a life coach. So you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the best known or any of that. You just have to be you and be there in front of people who need you. Yeah. And, and the consistent thing about everything that you just shared, those examples, it's like the awareness that people know that you do that thing, right? And mm-hmm. and we talked about Seth Godin before. And one of the things right. that he broke down for me, it's like, I said, Seth, so what is marketing? People hate this. They hate salesy mm-hmm. stuff. They hate things that feel like they're duplicitous in any way. And, and he said, marketing is communication. Marketing means I'm communicating what I do to the person I do it for. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to repeat it. And that's it. And there's right. nothing else to it. it and right. I was like, genius, right? It, it just takes all the mm-hmm. scary stuff, all the ego. It's like, it, no, none of that. It's just communication. Yes. And what you just said is, let the person know you do it. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. They might go, you, you help people bake banana bread? I want that. You're a life coach? I want that. So to go back to the three Vs and to go yeah. back to that point, What's one thing that people can start to do to make it clear 
to start to do the marketing. Here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's who I do it for. Yeah. I mean, one thing that you could do just for starters, if you've never had any customers, never had any clients that you can talk about, you could announce it. You know, you're probably on Facebook or some social media channel where, or if not, you know, you put together a list of everybody that you know, like all their emails, everybody you know and have ever worked with. And you say, hey, you know, I haven't talked about this very much because it's new. Or you might say, most people don't know this about me because it's something that only my clients knew or something like that. But, you know, did you know that I do this? Like, did you know that I'm a life coach? As a matter of fact, I was trained here or here, or even if you weren't trained, you can say, you know, as a matter of fact, I've had, I've helped clients do this, this, and this. And it might be something you're interested in case it is. I wanted to let you know that I'm available to do it for you too. And this is a perfect climate to do that in because people understand the pivot. People understand that there's a a need right now to pivot. And a lot of people are changing their whole story, not even by choice, but by force, by necessity. And so they're not going to look at you like you have three heads. Even if they were going to, that's okay too. You know, I have someone who used to work with me, you know, in promos and branding at Nickelodeon, Nick at Night, and she has become a Reiki healer. And, you know, it's taken a while for people to catch on to that, mostly because she's been shy about saying to her community, who are all kind of hardened, cynical New York media people, hey, I do this thing with like crystals and your name and energy healing by, you know, remotely, you don't even have to be in the room. I think that she should say it way more. She's been, you know, she's been shy about it, but I think now is a perfect time to say, hey, I do this thing, by the way, you know, we're all in a situation where um, we've got to talk more about what we do and let people know about it because we don't have the usual channels. So here I am saying, I do this. Anyone interested? Yeah. So great. And I do think that now there's much more permission to just yes. say like F it. It's like right. my friend Emily McDowell had a great post about that last week. She's like, I was, I was feeling creatively tapped out, but because mm-hmm. of the virus, I actually feel like, oh yeah, I, ha- I do have a lot of ideas and now I got mm-hmm. the effort. So I'm like, I'm just going to start posting all those little ideas that I have. And people are loving her stuff right yes. now because she's not overthinking it. And there's a permission to just kind of go with it right now. And, and I think that, that that is an opportunity. I think that one of the questions that people are asking themselves right now is this all sounds great, but no one's going to read my post. I don't have anyone on my email list. I don't have anyone on my social media. Like there's like 64 people and they're all family and friends. And I have no idea what you mean. Like who in the world is going to be the right person? Like, how do I find that person? And people are always asking me, how do I grow it? What's your go-to to build an engaged audience? What I have seen work the best and what gets my attention the most is when somebody says, I'm thinking of putting everything I know about blank into, you know, a free guide or a free course or teaching a session, you know, on Zoom with everything I know about blank. If I made that, would you be interested? And that, that I've seen get a lot of attention. And then, you know, you just answer every comment, every person who says yes, saying, okay, here's where to sign up. And they give you their email. You create a page where people can sign up for your email list and you give them the link to that page and you start collecting emails and then you have a way to get in touch with those people. That is the thing that I've seen work the best and it always gets my attention. I'm always like, ooh, that's good. 
that's something that people want. And there's no risk if it turns out not to be. It's great. And as we're wrapping up, I feel like I want to ask you one more email specific question because really you are such an expert at it. And she, I want you guys to get on her email list if you're not already, because it is so awesome to witness someone doing it so well, because you'll learn so much just from even just being on her list. And then of course she has programs and things that are really incredible resources, which can change your whole business. It can change your life. But as far as email goes, Laura, when you're emailing people, as you said, you're now up to three times a week. How much of that is business copy? Like here's my program or here's the newest post I did about blah, 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 or here's me featured in money magazine. And how much of it is, Hey, what's up? Checking in with you. This funny thing happened the other day at the grocery store. Oh my God, this woman was a close talker, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? How much of it is personal, you know, doing what you do email to a bestie and how much of it is more focused on the business? Yeah. For me, first of all, it's always personal. I make every email I write personal. I always put in some form of story. It doesn't have to be a whole story. It might be just a line of story. You know, it might be like, I thought about this yesterday when I was um, fighting somebody for the last pack of Clorox wipes. And that's like, that's all the story I put into it. And then maybe some sort of a lesson when I talked about selling this thing, like these mini courses that I always sell in emails. And that's what doubled, you know, the revenue from those doubled. Usually I put them. So Mondays and Wednesdays are what I call, and this is what my coach Ron advised me to do, make Mondays and Wednesdays, the pure value emails. I'm making little bunny ear quotes there because, um, meaning they just give a story or they just give a tip or they just, you know, they don't ask for a sale at all. I usually put that product in the footer just as a banner in the footer of the email. I don't necessarily mention it. And then on Fridays of a normal week, um, Fridays was supposed to be the pure sell where you just say, Hey, I've got this thing. Here's why it's great. You know, buy it. I never really do the full pure sell. I always put some fun, some personal something into it. Yep. Um, a, because a lot of people have already bought that product, yep. but I still want to send an email to everybody. And B, because I, I think that connection sells better than just a pure sell. Yep. That coming in there with something personal actually does a better job of selling. So I always make it personal and I always make it entertaining and fun to read. And that's the, that's always the challenge of finding new ways to talk about the thing that I'm selling. But it is usually the point of that third, that Friday email. Awesome. And one more question on selling, which is pricing. I think people, especially nice people don't charge enough and they should, they undercharge so much. I think everybody who's listening right now whatever you are charging or whatever you're thinking of charging, I would probably look at it and immediately I would think that it needs to be doubled. Yeah. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. When you go to price things, are you a fan of lower priced offers, higher priced offers? And when it comes to you, what work have you done around that so that you can sell and feel like you're selling in in your courage and your worth? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm a spender. On the one hand, I'm cheap. On the other hand, I spent a lot of money on like high price coaching. And it is a delight to me to invest in something that's a lot and feel like I'm getting something really valuable. And um, I'm thinking of like a, a coach that I hired, a business coach, who I got so much value from him. His name's Ron Reich. I I was talking about him before. If he had underpriced, way underpriced himself, I probably wouldn't have signed up. 
I probably would have thought like, well, he's probably not, maybe he's not that good. He doesn't have that much confidence in what he does. So like a higher price kind of sells me on something. And if you underprice yourself, people won't have as much confidence when they are faced with the decision to buy or not from you. They, they might be like, well, I don't know. The other one, the more expensive one kind of sounded better Yeah, because it does. So I don't think that you should just overprice yourself willy-nilly and just be like, okay, $1 million. But think about like something that's high ticket that you have yep. been tempted by or wanted to spend on or did. And now think of yourself as that same, as that same hot item for yeah. somebody else. They will want to pay you. It's so true. And also think about what you said earlier, when you don't pay for things or when things are free or less money, you don't value them the same way. If you are going through and doing the Con Marie, Marie Kondo thing in your closet and you see an old Chanel purse or something mm -hmm. like that, even if you don't wear it anymore, you won't put it in the giveaway pile because it's probably a thousand dollars. And you're going to think to yourself, this is valuable I'll either hold on to it or I'll give it to someone else. But if it wasn't, if it didn't cost that much, you would probably chuck it. And when yeah. you think about the things that you, like you just said, he gave you advice and you listened to it, you're not going to have skin in the game. And I ask people sometimes, what is it going to take? How much money would it take for you to show up for yourself in this course, in this coaching, in this therapy? If I have a therapist who charges me less than $250 an hour. Mm -hmm. I know that I'll flake sometimes on the session. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know that I won't think that they know very much. So I won't hire that person. And so you have to ask yourself, like, what is the insurance policy worth so that I actually show up and put in the work? And who do I want to be around in the program? People who are like looky-loos or people who are actually going to pay Right. And, you know, this is just making me think about this when we're talking about business shaming and um, backlash. Gwyneth Paltrow, like there was some goop post or ad or something that showed her wearing like these very expensive, like basics. And people were like, how dare she, you know, during this time, how dare she promote something so expensive when people are, you know, losing their jobs. Meanwhile, like nobody's trashing like Hermes for still keeping their um, doors open. You know, for, there are some things where that they're never going to lower the price and they're not for everybody and expensive is relative. So you also have to remember that. So I don't know what, like, I think Gwyneth, because she's a person and because she's a woman, got all this backlash, but I think she has every right to sell something expensive and um, it's yep. expensive for home. So you don't have to be a price everybody can afford. Yeah, You're not for everybody. That's another thing that you said earlier, though, is a good thing to end on, because I think often we reach for the highest branches we can see. And right now, it's very easy when you're watching the news to only see hospitals, to only see people who are poor and losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. And you forget that 70% of the world not only has their job, but has a great setup right now. That's not yeah. focusing on 30% of our country that might be really, really hurting. That's a problem, which makes it more important for those 70% to go and do more and to buy more and focus on small businesses and to hire more, all that. But we have to like yeah. realize that there are two fishing holes here and there's definitely people who want to buy from Gwyneth Paltrow right now. And mm -hmm. there's more people buying earrings online right now because it makes them feel good. And they were going to spend that money on a trip to Tahiti and they can't travel right now. So they're, they're looking for you to offer your things because they have money to spend. Do not forget that.
Amazing. Thank you for such a <laughs> real, important, helpful, timely conversation. Tell us where we can get on your list. Tell us where we can find you and be a friend. Yes, come be a friend to me by signing up for my list and finding me at talkingshrimp.com. There are a couple of freebies there that you're going to probably want. And right at the top, I've made it inescapable for you to get on my list. Like you, you will get on my list. Come to my site and you will get on my list. I promise you that. I challenge you. So oh, you will come on over. So happy that you did. And we will put all those links in the show notes. So thank you for being such a rock star. Oh, thank you for having me back. And I can't wait oh, to share this Oh, you're the everywhere. best. This is so fun. How awesome is Laura? I always love chatting with her. And remember, if you want to level up your writing and your copy, you can learn from Laura and sign up for the Copy Cure. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Registration ends on May 20th. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, create in volume. In order to create above average, you have to be prolific and make a lot. Number two, don't wait to marinate. Don't wait to make it perfect. Create with velocity. Number three, get visibility. Make a push to get your name, your voice, and your face out there. Even the tiny audiences can bring new fans. Number four, people want to spend money to enjoy their lives and make themselves better. Why shouldn't you be the one they give it to? Number five, we are the economy. You aren't doing a service to you or anyone else when you don't make money. Number six, you don't have to be a price that everyone can afford. Expensive is relative. And number seven, you don't have to be the best or the best known. Just be you and be in front of the people who need you. You guys, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. I know that there's a million things you can do with your time and you're here. So I love that. Also, if you want to get in on our giveaway, every single month we give away a scholarship to one of my programs, plus some swag. Get in on this. All you have to do is enter the STAR giveaway, which stands for subscribe, tag, and review. So subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and talk about the podcast and tag someone that you think might enjoy the show. And then leave us a review on iTunes and send us a screenshot of the review with the subject line star and send that screenshot to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. We'll be choosing two winners and it is such an incredible giveaway. So get in on that. It costs nothing to do it. It probably takes you about three minutes and uh, the rewards are pretty awesome. Plus, if you enjoy the show, you will be helping us more than you know by leaving a review and by subscribing Thank you so much if you've already done it. And thank you to those of you who plan to do it. Enrollment for Made to Do This closes on Friday. You can go to madetodothis.com to enroll. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I will answer you happily. And if you want to catch up on the five days of free training I did last week, you can go to kathyheller.com slash replay in order to catch up and watch the free trainings. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Maybe I lost some battles and my cage got rattled, but now I'm before. But I'll win this war. Hey, I came back fighting and now I know that nothing can hold me down.
every second living, do it now.